This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. Well, March break is coming up, and that means a lot of people are going to be traveling. And that brings up the question, how should you travel with your meds? What kind of medication should you take with you just in case? What should you take before? So with the man with the answers is here, John Papasturgio with the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Hi, nice to see you. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been that long. So what do you tell your patients, clients about traveling with meds? You know, there's a lot of important information and it really depends on, you know, what, what you're traveling with and how much medication. But in general, it kind of as a rule of thumb, and, and one thing I hear all the time from my patients is, oh, I forgot and I packed my medication in with my luggage. Never do that. Any medication, take on your carry-on. That's a, that's a you know an, an important thing, including things that may need to be refrigerated. If you have, uh, you know, um, medications that need to be kept cool, uh, you know, you're allowed to bring on a little cooler with some ice or whatever to keep that medication cool for the duration of, uh, of your flight, and that's important. Uh, other, you know, issues that uh, we've encountered, make sure you keep a list of your medication. It's very easy for you to, you know, medication gets lost, you're in a foreign country, you may want uh, to pick something up while you're down there. Uh, many of these medications are available worldwide. It's great to know what you're on and how often you take it, and uh, that may help uh, uh, resolve your, your, your problems as well. But isn't, isn't it going to be hard? To, you can't just pick up medication. You're going to have to see a doctor and get a prescription. It depends right? where you're going, right? So some parts of the world, you don't actually need uh, prescriptions. Uh, I was just down in Mexico. A lot of the stuff's available over the counter, but believe it or not, uh, uh, you're able to pick up certain things outside of the narcotics and control drugs. So you're right. In some countries, you may need uh, you may need uh, a, a prescription, but at least if you see a doctor there, you'll have your list and, and you know what you're taking and they can write that corresponding script for you. So I think always important, keep a copy of your pharmacy uh, uh, phone number on you. If you get into some trouble while you're abroad, I've had patients do this. Uh, a lot of our patients travel down down south in the winter. They give us a call or they'll have the pharmacy that they're at down there, give them a call and we can clarify some of the medication related issues that way as well. It's important. Um, other important things, you know, if you're going to to countries where you may be at risk for, you know, uh, uh, specific uh, things like traveler's diarrhea, for example, be proactive. Bring down some prophylactic antibiotics, some Imodium. These type of things are very handy to have if you need them and you're not running around uh, uh, looking for that stuff while you're down there as well. Yeah, I always uh, juggle, you know, should you fill the prescription uh, for something that you might not need or take a chance, but... Uh... Yeah, I would, say, I would say my advice is if you can get the stuff while you're at home, get it at home and bring it with you because it can be a runaround. Like you said, it, access is not always as easy when you're in some of these countries. So better get the stuff from here, have it with you. If you don't end up using it, it's okay. I, I'm, not say, you know, I'm not saying travel with a ton of stuff, but there's certain, certain things you should really consider bringing with you. Uh, and if you talk to your pharmacist and tell them 
or her, where you're going, uh, they'll have a, a pretty good idea of what you might want to take with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're, we, you know, as our scope expands and changes, we're getting very involved in travel medicine in this area of practice. Uh, um, uh, beyond just the medications, I think we're a good source of uh, advice on vaccinations as well. Uh, certain, you know, certain areas of the world now, you, you want to make sure you're up to date with your vaccinations, uh, particularly for HEP, uh, A and B, you know, Twinrix is something very common. People will will travel and not think of that. But if you're if you're going to some of these countries, very very important to get the you know the, the vaccines uh, and uh, and we're there to help. And and uh, uh, I, what are the countries where? You know, any any third world country or second, third world country that you're traveling to, definitely there may be some uh, vaccination-related issues. So uh, the common ones are, you know, Hep A and Hep B. That's pretty much if you're going anywhere down south, you should get that. You know, there's still, uh, you know, we still hear stories of patients uh, going out, you know, eating food, uh, getting Hep A, and then it's it's a relatively Hep A from food? Uh, from food, absolutely. It's, an, uh, you know, oral. Uh, uh, this is something people don't understand. You can't get it orally through food. Hep B and C is bloodborne. That's different, right? But Hep A, you can get from food products. And uh, um, uh, if you're vaccinated, you're protected. It's an easy, uh, you know, solution. So always recommend that. If you're traveling to, uh, you know, areas like Africa, for example, there are other very specific vaccines that, that you would require. And, you know, you work with your pharmacist, uh, your travel physician to determine what you need if it's necessary. And, and some of these vaccines, you've got to get quite a bit in advance of your trip. You can't wait till a week before and, and decide you're going to get vaccinated. Okay, let's uh, take a call. Before we take the call, or give out the numbers again. If you have questions about traveling with medication, 416-360-0740 and 1-866-744-740. We've got Earl on the line in Oakville. Hi, Earl. I have a question. Um, with the time zones, when you're traveling and taking medication, you take your medication at a certain time, but then the time zones change, and that's a problem that I had a long time ago when I was traveling. I wasn't too sure when to take my medication because I would leave Toronto and then uh, be uh, halfway across the world and, and the time zones change. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's it's very confusing, actually, for, for sometimes for patients with diabetes because they have to inject yeah, insulin. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, but diabetes, even with the yeah. oral tablets, generally what I recommend, it's the interval between doses that's important, right? Yeah. So, that, so not always convenient because you may get someone it's in the middle of the night, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, it, depending how long you're going for, um, you know, uh, sometimes you may need to reset when you're kind of taking your meds. But if it's a short yeah. term, I kind of just recommend make sure that interval is the same. So if it's 12 hours apart, keep it 12 hour, hours apart, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's 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 a common problem and sometimes can be challenging. If you're going for longer, I generally recommend kind of resetting to the new time zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may involve you skipping a dose maybe yeah, while you're down yeah. there or whatnot. But uh, a great question. And it's not always easy to do, especially if you're on multiple medications with different yeah. kind of times that you have to take them. Okay, thank you. No problem. Bye. Okay, thanks for your call. Uh, we've got Jacqueline in Scarborough. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Libby. So nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. Oh, my. Oh, Libby, oh, I'll tell you what happened to me. It was so wonderful. It wasn't at first. I When I, re, when I got to the airport, uh, I realized that I had forgotten my blood pressure medication last year. I called one of Shopper's Drunk Mart, I won't say which one, but the pharmacist happened to answer, and I told him, I said, I'm so upset, I have no 
no sharp, uh, I have no high blood pressure medication and I have to take two a day. So he said, uh, uh, Jacqueline, don't worry. He said, I'm going to, he sent a, a cab with my. That's great. He that's great service. With my medication to the airport. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome service. And I think pharmacists tend to go out of their way in Isn't situations that like that. But that's I, wonderful. I, yeah. We have three or four pharmacists at that. At, and I, to this day, I'm thankful to that man. And, and, and most of all, the, the taxi, I said, how much do I owe you? He said, it's all paid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, that's, that's really good service. That's really good service. Oh, my God. That, that's extra good service. That, Isn't that this, wonderful? This, the, yeah, wonderful. this guy should get a medal. Absolutely. But <laughs> yeah. it, it speaks to that point that it happens. People forget their medication, and they end up in places, and then yeah, when, they're kind of Yeah, especially when you get old, you forget a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and another a good tip is if you're if you get your medication in compliance packages, so the pharmacy does it for you like yeah. weekly or whatever, give them some notice. So if you're going away for like four weeks or something, make sure you give them a, a week of notice so they can get everything prepared. Don't show up like a, an hour before you're going to leave and say, "I need my compliance packs for four weeks." It's it really is a challenge to get some of that stuff together, and, and, and especially in large quantities, right? Okay, Jacqueline, thanks for that nice story. Uh, the numbers again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we're talking about traveling with your medication. Also, you mentioned traveler's diarrhea. So what what is that vaccine and when do you have to take it? That's a great question. So the, the good thing with the traveler's diarrhea, it's an oral vaccine. So you don't have to get actually a shot. It's a, it's a drink that you take. Generally, you want to take it about two weeks before you travel. So what you do, it's two doses. You'll take one dose. A week later, you'll take the second dose. And then you're covered. You're not covered for everything. I get this question, oh, I'm covered now. I can do whatever I want. No, it covers uh, certain strains of E. coli um, and a, a couple of other bugs as well, you still have to be careful when you're traveling abroad. And what I mean by that is, uh, uh, you know, you may go to a beautiful resort. You're eating a drink. I just came back from Mexico. I stayed at this place called The Fives. It was great. We were, you know, eating, drinking, everything. But then we decided we're going to go out into the town, right? Yeah. We're in Playa del Carmen. We go out into the town. And you start, you know, there's some, you know, nice places there. You're, you're having a drink. You might get some food. But all of a sudden, you're realizing, hold on, I'm not on the resort anymore. Water may not be purified. Right. You know, you may be eating a salad where the water's been hand-washed or whatever. Uh, the, 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 the salad's been in hand-washed. A, in, usually in a tourist place, they... Do, but they you do, yeah, check. no resorts for sure. But if you're out in the town, there's no guarantee. And what happened? We had a bunch of friends with us. Uh, you know, one of my friends got pretty sick, right? So I happened to have some antibiotics with us. Uh, with us, just happened so, to have some uh, drugs <laughs> with you, yeah. But uh, I mean, it happens, and it, it seems with travelers, they tend to forget. They kind of immerse themselves into the culture, or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, they're 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 eating and drinking like they're at home. And you got to be careful, especially you're off the resorts. Uh, uh, that's why the the, the oral vaccine is important taking some prophylactic antibiotics down with you uh, if you're going for a long period of time uh, doesn't hurt either. Okay, I think we have time for one quick call before the break. We've got Rosemary and Lindsay. Hi. Hi. I'm just curious. My husband takes three needles a week for his MS, yep. and they come prepackaged. They come pre-filled with his prescription and everything. Should he have a doctor's note when we're – because we're going on our first cruise in November – 
And I'm wondering, A, if he needs a doctor's note while we're traveling with this medication. You know what? It and doesn't hurt. Uh, but what I generally tell, okay, we, I have this scenario happen in my pharmacies all the time. Generally, what I tell the patients to do, we'll package it up. We've got the pharmacy label on it, uh, on the box, to make sure it's uh, uh, well identified what the injections are. Um, I usually give the patients a copy of the original prescription as well to take with them, just in case someone at Border Control asks, like, what is this? Because they are injectables. But generally, I think uh, it's pretty easy to travel with that stuff now. Um, okay. I don't the think other... you necessarily need a note. It wouldn't hurt if you had one, though. Now, the other question, you were talking about the twin ricks. Yeah. How, how should, how, I don't know. Before you go, how early should you have it before you travel? Yeah, I get this question a lot. I usually tell people at least six months before. That doesn't mean that if you decide you're leaving in two weeks, it's a bad idea to get it. You may It may confer some immunity by the time you get to your destination, but there's no guarantee you're going to be fully covered. Uh, the earlier you get it, the better, because it is a, a, a three-injection regimen for Twinrix, right? So uh, the first few doses will give you kind of some coverage. If you take that third dose, it gives you like a much longer immunity as well, but um, I would say start thinking about it six months before. Uh, if you're traveling earlier than that, it's not a bad idea to do it, but you may not be 100% covered. Be careful while you're out there or you're down. Okay, because we're not traveling till November, so... Plenty of time. Plenty yeah, of yeah, time. Yeah, talk to your doctor and, about it, definitely. And do I need it even going on a cruise? Um, I, I think it's a good idea for everyone to have it, to be honest, right? And I would say, yeah, you're on a cruise, why not? It's uh, and, it, and is it something you need more than, like, because we've traveled, but way back like 16 years ago. So obviously we need to update it. Yeah, have you ever been, you've been immunized in the past, yeah. So what the doctor will do, they'll take some uh, some blood and they'll do what we call titers. And they'll make sure your immunity's waned, like it's gone. And if it's gone, they'll, they'll, they'll give you another dose. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Okay, thanks thank for your you. call. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more from John Pepistergio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. I'm here with John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. I'm going to give out the numbers to call because Monday, March break starts, and you might have some questions about traveling with your medications. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. So, John, we've been talking about the vaccines, and you're saying that even if you haven't uh, taken them early enough to have full immunity, it's probably still worth doing. You'll get partial immunity. Absolutely, yeah. And even if you have partial immunity, you'll get some protection, right? Uh, that doesn't mean ignore all the other kind of common sense things you would do when you're down there, but I think it's still worth getting vaccinated. Yeah. So vaccinations uh, and the HEP A and B, do a lot of people get that? I mean, I see ads on US TV. Oh. Very, I would say it's one, probably one of the most common vaccines that we dispense in pharmacies. Yeah, it's uh, very common. I think the American ads definitely help. People see them and they come in and ask about it. But the, uh, the, the doctors recommend them all the time. You know, people are considering traveling. I think it's not even a bad idea if you're not traveling. It's a great vaccine to have even if you're local. You know, it's, uh, it gives you uh, protection against a potentially very, very serious disease, right? So, um, no, good idea, I think, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, how long does it take for that one to take effect? Uh, usually, you know, it's a three-course. Uh, you, you get a shot immediately, another shot at one month, and then the booster usually at six months or sometime a little bit after that. But, uh, you know, maximum immunity, 
a month, two months, you know, take a while uh, to get. But you're all, you're getting some right away, anyways. Your immune system, re, you know, responds to the vaccine, right? The other thing, kind of, we haven't talked about is, uh, um, uh, you know, preparing, uh, uh, pr- protecting yourself against insect bites. I know there's been a lot. Oh, in the media Zika virus. With Zika, right? So, right. Um, uh, you know, it's one of the things I've seen that insect repellent sales in the stores have gone through the roof because it's top of mind for patients and anyone going down south. Uh, um, you know, for March break, take some insect repellent with you. Definitely, there's pockets of Zika. You know, kind of all over. Uh, uh, you know, the Caribbean, South America now. So depending where you're going, but uh, insect repellent's a little different than sunscreen. This comes up. Uh, I get this question all the time. You don't apply it. You know, 100 times a day, you apply insect repellent once and that's it because there is something called DEET in the insect right. repellent and it's pretty potent stuff. So generally what I tell uh, patients is if you can't spray it on your clothes, try to avoid the skin. You can put it on your skin, but you don't have to, right? If you've got young kids, um, there's a, a children's formulation too. So you don't want them using the adult uh, formulation. It has a lot more DEET in it. So you want to focus on uh, a children's uh, uh, version of, uh, uh, of the insect repellent. But other than that, you know, once a day, you apply it when you're down, especially in the evenings. That's when the mosquitoes come out, and it will confer some protection. And uh, do, does repellent expire the same way sunscreen expires pretty quickly? A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, that's a great uh, a great question. Um, generally, there are, there, there are some of the repellents do have expiry dates. I mean, I think uh, it's generally stable for quite a while. The problem with some of these products is if you store them in places that are really humid or really hot, they degrade a little bit. So if the product has an expiry date on it, I would, you know, I would toss it after that date. Sunscreens, many people don't realize have expiry. They do. You know, the chemical uh, protectants in the sunscreens tend to break down over time. Um, not a long time. They last maybe a year usually. Yeah, about a year. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, if depending if you're using a cream or lotion, you'll notice it starts to change. It's kind of the way it feels or looks. It comes a little bit runny if it's a cream. That's a sign you should get a new one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, and don't forget sunscreen. I mean, that's pretty basic stuff. One. But if you're going down south, you've been here all winter. Uh, don't get burnt. Absolutely. SPF 30, I, I would say, is a minimum. So use the SPF 30 and reapply frequently, particularly if you're in the water. People forget to do that. It'll run off. Even if it says waterproof, reapply. You'll lose some of it throughout the day and you don't want to get a really bad burn. Well, it's it's also, it's it's kind of, it is a bit of a pain and they say it's not just reapply it, but you have to apply a lot of it. The, the, what are the, it's a couple of teaspoons that you need? Yeah, a you need lot a couple. Of it depends. Yeah, like, you know, where you're putting it, but you want you want to apply it very liberally. Don't 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 be, uh, you know, uh, sparse with it. You want a good layer, rub it in. Like, you shouldn't be uh, covered in white. Like, when you got it on, it should rub into your skin. But, uh, you know, enough that you notice it's there. And uh, some of the... Uh, the sunscreens now they have what we call titanium dioxide in. They're like they, they're almost uh, they're they're called physical sunblockers. They're very very thick, right? Um, those apply great protection, but you know they're a little bit messy when you're putting them on, right? I also have a question because some of these products people uh, offer organic versions or natural versions or whatever. So what what's yeah, the difference? Yeah, there you you know there it's a good question. There there are so many versions of these products out there. I have I generally break the sunscreens down into two. There's the chemical sunblockers and these these have like chemicals that absorb the UV radiation. And then there's ones we call physical sunblockers. They have like the titanium dioxide, zinc that- oxide. They actually just block the little beads that just block the sun totally, right? Um, 
those are the two types. With respect to organic ones, I'm not sure, you know, how well they protect you and how long they last. And that's the concern I have, right? They may work in, in some patients. I know aloe is very organic. That's great if you get a burn, burn right? Yeah. And there's some evidence to suggest that if you've had a burn, apply it. It seems to work. But for sun protection, I, I would kind of uh, stick to the chemical or physical blockers. Yeah. And there's have there been studies done on it that they're safe? I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, long-term studies in some of these, uh, and they are very safe. Uh, there's much more risk associated with really bad sun damage, right? right? So you get recurrent sun damage. That really puts you at risk for, for cancer somewhere down the line, skin cancer, and you want to protect that, especially if you're fair-skinned. Really consider the sunscreen. It's important. Yeah, so after swimming and also sports. I mean, if you sweat, it's going to go away. It's going to go away if you sweat. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, they do make also uh, – they, they're very convenient. You know the aerosol cans, especially yeah. for kids? Sometimes it's hard to get them on the kids. are running. They're squirming. I had this problem when I, with my kids when I was down south. I like those aerosol cans. You do waste some because it kind of sprays all over but the place. you can't take them on the plane. Uh, you got to pack them. Yeah, yeah. you got to pack them. You can't take them on, uh, on your carry-on. But, yeah, that's something we pack and we bring down. But you can apply some very quickly with those, right? So if you want to kind of put a second layer on, I find for the kids it's great. But, uh, you know, that first application when you're going out, I try to get really, really lube them up and make sure they got a lot of sunscreen on. Because early on in life, uh, if you've got uh, – there is some evidence to suggest if you get sun damage early on in your yeah. life, you carry that with you, right? It, uh, and kids don't like getting sunscreen, Jim. No, they don't. It's a – yeah, I was – arguing with them the whole time while I was down there. You know, they get all slippery and they don't want to do it, but it's very worthwhile to put it on. Okay. And and any meds for kids? Kids, yeah. Like uh, the two that I recommend to take down uh, always – Take some plain Tylenol down. You know, you get kids, they may spike a fever when they're down there. They're traveling. You never know. It's always good to have some Tylenol. If they get a sunburn, they shouldn't get one. But if they do, it helps a little bit with the pain of the sunburn as well. It's a great thing to have with you if you're traveling. The other one I recommend is uh, pediatric Gravol. You never know. They're eating different things. Maybe they get some nausea, right? It's always safe to give a little bit of gravel uh, uh, to, to kids that are of age. And uh, uh, it helps with those symptoms so you don't, you, know, you don't have to seek medical attention. It, it, always for minor symptoms. If it's anything more serious, you got to get it looked into. Yeah. And gravel for adults, too. Gra- I, I always take gravel for adults, too. Gravel is a good one to help sleep on the plane, too. If you want to make yourself drowsy, playing gravel causes a little bit of drowsiness. You take a, a dose on the plane, it helps. But definitely for the nausea, it, it, you know. When you're traveling, you're eating different things. It's, there is a risk you're going to get some nausea, right? So it's good to have with you, definitely. The other thing that I started taking for long trips is melatonin. Yeah. One of the callers mentioned that time zone differences, right? right. Melatonin, what it does is it helps regulate your sleep cycle, right? So if you're taking it, uh, uh, it kind of, uh, especially if you're traveling across time zones, it seems to help uh, with the jet lag a little bit. So it's a great idea, actually. I'm glad you mentioned it. And you take one, you take it one hour, you take a bunch of them one hour before you want to sleep. That's right, before you want to sleep. And now they make uh, time-released melatonin as well. So you don't, you're probably referring to the immediate release once you take Take a few of them. You take one, it lasts a little bit longer, too. It's good. good thing to have with you. It's a good idea. Okay. I found uh, – I was in South Africa recently. I found that it worked. It helped. Yeah, it helps with the jet lag, definitely. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.